O Lord, our Maker, Redeemer, and Comforter, we are assembled in your presence to hear your holy word. We pray you to open our hearts by your Holy Spirit, that through the preaching of your word we may be taught to repent of our sins, to believe on Jesus in life and death, and to grow day by day in grace and holiness. Hear us for Christ's sake. Amen. The Old Testament lesson is recorded in 1 Chronicles chapter 29, beginning at verse 10. Therefore David blessed the Lord before all the assembly, and David said, Blessed are you, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, and the glory, the victory, and the majesty, for all that is in heaven and in earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head over all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you reign over all. In your hand is power and might. In your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. Now, therefore, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. Here ends the Old Testament lesson. The epistle is recorded in Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, the 10th chapter, beginning at verse 6. Now these things became our examples, to the intent that we should not lust after evil things, as they also lusted, and do not become idolaters, as were some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Nor let us commit sexual immorality, as some of them did, and in one day 23,000 fell. Nor let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by serpents. Nor complain, as some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now all these things happened to them as examples, and they were written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man, but God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape, that you may all be able to bear it. Here ends the epistle lesson. The Holy Gospel is recorded in the Gospel according to St. Luke, the 16th chapter, beginning at verse 1. He also said to his disciples, There was a certain rich man who had a steward, and an accusation was brought to him that this man was wasting his goods. So he called him and said to him, what is this I hear about you? Give an account of your stewardship, for you can no longer be steward. Then the steward said within himself, What shall I do? For my master is taking the stewardship away from me. I cannot dig. I am ashamed to beg. I have resolved what to do, that when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. So he called every one of his master's debtors to him, and said to the first one, how much do you owe my master? And he said, A hundred measures of oil. So he said to him, Take out your bill and sit down quickly and write fifty. Then he said to another, And how much do you owe? So he said, A hundred measures of wheat. And he said to him, Take your bill and write eighty. So the master commended 
the unjust steward, because he had dealt shrewdly. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. And I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. He who is faithful with what is least is faithful also in much, and he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. This is the Holy Gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let us pray. O Lord, let your merciful ears be open to the prayers of your humble servants, and that they may obtain their petitions. Make them to ask such things as are pleasing to you, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The word of God for our meditation this morning is recorded in 1 Chronicles chapter 29. Let us hear again verse 11 in Jesus' name. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that is in the heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. Fellow redeemed, who is the greatest king who ever lived? Bible history and secular history have seen their share of kings, known for their wealth and accomplishments. For example, Alexander the Great ruled a kingdom that spread from northern Africa all the way to India. His kingdom spread Greek culture and language throughout the known inhabited world. The Bible tells us of the splendor of King Solomon, of his great riches and wisdom. Arguably, the greatest king in Israel's history was King David. David is called a man after God's own heart. Our text finds David near the end of his life. He led his people in presenting offerings toward the building of the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem, a work that would be undertaken by his own son, Solomon. In these final words of God's anointed king over his people, David acknowledges that all he had been able to accomplish, he had been enabled to accomplish by the Savior God who rules in love. King David cast his crown before the Lord, praying, It is not my kingdom, my throne, my glory, my people, my goals, my plans. Yours is the kingdom, yours alone. The words of our text remind us 
of the conclusion of the Lord's Prayer. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. In them we see the greatness of our Father in heaven and his divine and everlasting kingship and kingdom. His is an everlasting kingdom. It has no geographical bounds or limits. It is a threefold kingdom, the kingdom of power, the kingdom of grace, and the kingdom of glory. David's prayer begins, Blessed are you, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Notice the term of endearment that David uses to address God, our Father. As our Father, he created the universe, not to please himself, but to share his kingdom with a family of his own. He created man and woman to be his son and daughter. Their children and children's children were to share his kingdom in perfection, joy, and peace to all eternity. The very creation of the universe was an act of grace on our Father's part. Man and woman certainly did not earn the right to live in a beautiful and amazing universe. Neither did they earn the right to be children of God created in the image of their heavenly Father. God wanted to share what he was and had with a family, with sons and daughters of his own creation. He was God, the Lord of all. He wanted mankind to share the glory, bliss, and holiness that was his as God from all eternity. What grace and love our Father showed in bringing us into such a relationship with him. We human beings were created for heaven to be God's children, to speak to our heavenly Father as beloved children speak to their beloved Father and thus hallow, hallow his name. We were created to never die, never be sick, never to know sadness or grief, never to know pain, and never to know weariness. We were to live in a perfect world and to care for a perfect world. We were created with perfect minds and bodies. We are created to be like our Father in heaven, having perfect knowledge as his children and to be without sin. With that love and care, he created us and placed us as his representatives on this earth. What we were is mind-boggling. What we have become is also mind-boggling. Of our own free will, we chose to disobey the will of our Heavenly Father. And a result of eating the forbidden fruit, we lost heaven and all its bliss and glory. We lost God. We lost the image of God. We lost it all. We died. We died in sin. Now being dead in sin, we pandered ourselves after the author of sin, Satan. What God did not want us to do, we did. What God did not want us to have, we sought. We wanted to be free to do as we pleased. We felt doing our own thing was freedom. Because of minds clouded by sin, we couldn't see that what we thought was freedom was actually slavery to sin and Satan. Our souls would still live eternally because they were created to, but our eternity was to be spent under God's judgment in the torments of hell 
with Satan and his angels. That was quite a journey we traveled in sin with Satan, a journey from heaven to hell. This is when and where our Heavenly Father showed how great and wonderful his kingdom of grace is. We had lost it all. Our perfect knowledge was gone. The beauty, bliss, and joy of heaven was gone through our sinfulness. Our Father in heaven reached out to us with his promise and word and told us what we had been, what we had lost, and where we were going. He described heaven and eternal life and told us he wanted us to be there with him. He promised to send a Savior who would atone for all mankind's sins. He pledged that whoever would believe in this coming one as their Savior and Redeemer would have complete forgiveness of all sins, would be adopted as the Father's own son or daughter, and would live again with the Heavenly Father in eternal bliss and glory in heaven. Jesus is that Savior and Redeemer. He is the Christ, God's anointed King. By his perfect life and death on behalf of his subjects, he established his kingdom of grace. What a journey he set for us human beings to travel through faith from hell back to heaven. To bring us under the rule of Christ the King, God sends his heavenly counselor, the Holy Spirit, to work faith in our hearts. We are brought into God's kingdom and under God's rule through the Holy Spirit's working through the word and holy baptism. Jesus tells us in John 3, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. By the gracious work of the Holy Spirit, you and I have made the journey from hell to heaven through faith in Jesus. In this kingdom of grace, God continues to keep us in his spiritual care by his word and sacraments. Through these means, our Heavenly Father gives us his Holy Spirit so that we believe his holy word and live godly lives here in time and hereafter in eternity. We have been returned to our Father's kingdom by his grace and love. We are now citizens of his kingdom of grace for time and eternity. We praise and honor our Heavenly Father by confessing, Thine is the kingdom, the kingdom of grace. It is yours and yours alone. Filled with gratitude and faith, we look around us and praise our Heavenly Father for the kingdom of power in which we live on this earth, in the midst of a vast universe. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, for all that is in heaven and in earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head over all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you reign over all. In your hand is power and might. In your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. This earth and universe did not come about by chance or by itself, but it came from the powerful creative word of our Father in heaven. It is his power that begun it, and it is in his power that it will continue to the end of time. By his power, 
All the heavenly bodies keep their stations in orbit in space. His power controls all forces of nature. All the creatures of this world from the greatest to the least, animal, bird, fish, insect, or germ, are in his hand. All nations and people live and move and have their being in the almighty power of our Father and are under his power. He reigns over all. He is ro ruling over all things for the benefit of his church. We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. As his children, we are here to care for his world, to teach mankind of his kingdom of power and his kingdom of grace in Christ. Scripture tells us that by God's power, this present universe will be destroyed and be replaced with an eternal new heaven and new earth. At that time, he will forever condemn and confine Satan, his angels and followers to hell, where they will suffer under the Father's judgment to all eternity. Seeing his power in all of creation and knowing the coming use of his power in the destruction of the universe and in the judgment of the living, the dead, Satan and his angels, we join today in praise and say to our Heavenly Father, Thine is the kingdom, the kingdom of power. It is yours and yours alone. We haven't seen our Heavenly Father, but we know through faith that he lives and is Lord of all. We haven't seen heaven and its glories, but through faith we know it exists and that it is our future and eternal home. As we walk this earth and face its sin, its troubles and trials, our heavenly home is like a magnet, a beacon. It draws us onward and upward. It shines with the light of heaven on the often darkened path below. It is the kingdom of glory, the culmination of the kingdom of grace and the kingdom of power. As David prays, yours, O Lord, is the greatness the power and the glory, the victory and the majesty. Christ our King tells us to look forward to our heavenly home in the kingdom of glory for courage and strength during this life's journey. He says to us, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Again in Revelation, Scripture gives us a glimpse of our future glory. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. 
Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. What we see and hear in these words is true. It's real. It is a picture of what our Father in heaven has in store for us as we move through faith from hell to heaven. What inner confidence, joy, and peace is ours as we say to our Heavenly Father, Thine is the kingdom. Yours is the eternal kingdom of glory. It is yours and yours alone. Amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. Let us pray. O Lord our God, you are wise and powerful, good and gracious. Your mercies are new every morning. Each day you open your hand and provide for the needs of your children on earth. We praise you for every grace and blessing. Strengthen your church in all the world. Let your comforting message of salvation in Christ Jesus be proclaimed to troubled souls everywhere. Use our ministries and offerings to help extend your healing and your hope. We bring you our request for the various structures of society. Bless our national, state, and local governments. Grant us civil servants who are worthy of honor and respect. Grant prosperity to our businesses and industries. Give employers a sense of fairness toward their workers and employees a feeling of joy and pride in their workmanship. Help us find satisfaction in all work well done. Invigorate the schools of our land. Give success to every effort that helps students read, think, and communicate in ways that will promote an informed and responsible citizenry. Arouse curious minds to discover the wonders of your created order. Give us teachers and students who pursue excellence. Strengthen the families of our country. Give fathers and mothers a renewed commitment to be good parents. Give children and young people the wisdom to regard their parents as your representatives. Lead us to love one another as you have loved us. Gracious Father, we pray boldly as Jesus taught, with the confidence that you will hear, and with the faith that you will respond for our welfare. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.